Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, and for the first time uh, with this podcast, I'm actually doing uh, this live with somebody else in person, whereas for the last three years, whenever someone I've had a guest on the show, uh, it's been over like some online, you know, podcast recording platform. So I'm joined by my good friend and frequent guest, Aram in Toronto. What's up, Aram? Hello, Patrick in Toronto <laughs> now too. So uh, welcome to Toronto. And uh, it's been a few, it's been a while since you've been here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, this is my fourth time here. I haven't been here in like 10 years or nine years or something like that. And, you know, I came here just to record this. <laughs> down the road, down the street, uh, the Wizards are playing the Raptors in an exhibition game. Uh, and we're what? gonna we're gonna head over and we're gonna talk to Jordan Poole. That's that's a lie. We're not doing that. Yeah, Patrick didn't know that at all. I have no interest in talking to Jordan Poole, even though I am pulling for him to to uh, you know jack up forty shots a game for sure. I'm gonna ask you about that later. Too. Yeah, but uh, you know it's great to be in your city. For those of you who don't know, Aram in Toronto lives in Toronto. He's from San Francisco, uh, born and raised. Lived out here for you know almost 20 years at this point and he's wearing one of uh uh the oakland warriors t-shirts so if you want one of these uh go to the youtube channel and click on on it so soft comfortable uh you won't regret it (laughs) (laughs) anyway uh a lot to talk about um first and foremost though uh andre guadala announced that he is officially retiring from the National Basketball Association. What are your thoughts on that? Um, you know, yeah, breaking news, but the kind of breaking news that you were just really expecting. I mean, it was great that he came back last year. It didn't turn out to be really that kind of victory tour that that it would have been nice to have. But um, obviously, a lot of good memories of of him and and how how much he elevated the team to that like that next level because they were those upstarts and um and then he came to the to the team you know bob myers worked that crazy trade after they struck out on dwight howard right like thank Thank god God. like uh, talk about uh you know alternate universes but um but this is the you know this is the universe that that had actually worked out and i guess my 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 main thing that i thought about was um you know that first championship was so unexpected 2015 that uh and and he played great uh you know it's it, i think when you look back it's arguable if he or Steph should have gotten the finals mvp um but but his impact was really great on on this early dynasty for sure and and i just remember in 2015 after that year i, I and how well he did in the playoffs i was like if i ever meet him I'm going to give him a hug <laughs> and tell him thank you. <laughs> he would push you off so fast. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, I think that, I mean, I love Andre Goodall. I remember him in Arizona uh, and I was like, that dude's in college because his his arms. Yeah, he had the Ninja Turtle arms back then. I yeah, think. I yeah, mean, yeah. Clay, Clay Thompson's dad uh, always talks about his arms. He's like, every man should have like Andre Goodall arms and Every man does not. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, he was the dude that, you know, they lost uh, to the Warriors when he was on the Nuggets. And it was like, 
oh, we're getting like a guy wants to come here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He mm-hmm. wants to come to Golden State, play for the Warriors. He saw what you know a lot of us saw in staff, but from a player's perspective, and uh, that was that was huge. I didn't want Dwight Howard then. I've talked about how yeah. much I don't like him. I didn't want him back then either. And to get him, uh, to get Iguodala and have him just fit seamlessly, and then to take a step back and come off the bench eventually. <clears throat> I mean, that's huge. I think like when, you know, you talk about his number getting retired, it's like, oh yeah, hell yeah. Because without him, just his, he legitimately like probably took less to stay with the Warriors over the years. Yeah. And he could have padded stats. He could have hyped up his, uh, his own, like it may, maybe like another all-star game at some point or whatnot, but he just became a role player. And, you know, uh, that selflessness, you know, I mean, he's good to go. I'm sure I'm not, not worried about him financially, uh, but uh, is part of what made this Warriors culture what it is. You know what I mean? and, and he was reluctant to do it, right? Like he had to be convinced yeah. to do it. And, and that's fair. I mean, he's been open about that and, um, and it's totally understandable. I mean, so many of us in that position probably wouldn't have done it either or or we would would have uh, had a hard time accepting it so so it made a, it made a huge difference um and uh yeah i mean that it's it's immeasurable what what he did for that early dynasty especially yeah and i don't know if you've seen Iguodala highlights from the sixers days recently like there was a stretch where it would just show up my instagram feeds and explorers and stuff and i mean people forget how physically like amazing he oh, yeah. is right like he that dude could get up he could fly like he i've, I've said that john kaminga is the most athletic warrior i've ever seen in my fandom like you know uh and if iguodala was in his prime it would be like a competition yeah you know? yeah uh kaminga has a couple inches in height on him and whatnot so uh you know uh again like you said it's not a surprise there were times where i was like oh he he hasn't retired yet or like, <laughs> you know, like I wasn't paying attention over the summer, right? Took a break from basketball and uh, it was like, oh, that, that news didn't come out. Like, is he waiting to surprise everybody? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just, you know, um, but in your opinion, does, uh, I mean, should he have his number retired? Like what, how high does he go in the uh, accolades? I mean, a, a lot of those guys from those teams are are going to be held in that esteem so I, I i wouldn't be surprised if his if his number gets retired yeah um yeah I, I i think yeah i mean we there's a good handful of people on those teams i i um i was also thinking i don't know about you but i was trying to think of like signature plays mm. and um i mean the 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 strip steel is just like i mean he he perfected that to the point where you know I mean, some of them may have been fouls, but like he was just so well known for being so good at it that he mm. would never get called for a foul for yeah, it, yeah, you know. Yeah. And yeah. and it was amazing, and 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 that he would do it at uh, in really crucial moments too. So yeah, um, yeah, and you know the uh, finals MVP. Weirdly enough, like when you think about it, a lot of it has to do with how great LeBron is yeah. because Steph had better stats. He was pretty consistent, had maybe like one off game or something. Um, but the hype was around 
how Iguodala <laughs> guarded yeah. uh, LeBron. LeBron got his stats, but it was like, oh man, that guy, you know, really put the work in and all this stuff. So, you know, it is what it is. Uh, hindsight, it, it could and should maybe be Steph, but um, you know, I think Andre, like his, uh, uh, like my favorite Andre stuff is when after at least I remember two clips of winning the the Warriors winning the title and the first thing he does is run and grab the ball yeah yeah, yeah. he grabbed the first one that was like everybody knows that and then I think against the Celtics he kept the first one and I think the Celtics one he grabbed it and then gave like saved it for Steph yeah who was you know on the ground you know in tears and overwhelmed with emotion and whatnot so you know and if Steph won that first MV- Finals MVP, we wouldn't have gotten the tears, and the narrative <laughs> wouldn't be so juicy. So, so there, it all, it all there, worked there, out. There. It all worked out. Do you? Uh, okay, so it's pretty clear that he's going to get his number retired. Does he deserve? Like, I, I just think the idea of statues is silly at this point. But like, <laughs> do you think he's statue level? Uh, I I've never been a statue guy, yeah. so so it's kind of you know it it it's become this like. Uh, status thing, which you know that's understandable, and and I, I, is it is it because of the Jordan statue? That was the first one that I remember because then yeah, the Lakers the first one too. at Staples started doing a bunch. Yeah, they didn't yeah. have a magic one before, right? Yeah. So um, definitely not outside the forum. Would I say statue? I would say no. Yeah. Yeah, same here. I mean, it's kind of a dumb conversation piece, <laughs> but you know, just seeing the, the the levels of it all, right? Like number retired statue, and um, you know, I don't know. Uh, I talked about whether or not he'd make the Hall of Fame. I I don't know. I know mm. the bar is lower uh, than other Hall of Fames and other sports, but um, even he himself doesn't think that. Uh, you know he's a Hall of Fame guy, but yeah, he. I mean, he doesn't have the counting stats of of that like back end of his career for sure. But but I think it's also the I, I you know the Basketball Hall of Fame looks at other accomplishments out because it's not an NBA right, Hall right, of Fame. Yeah. So collegiate, um, you know, he was a gold medalist, um, yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. Like those things uh, go into the criteria for the Hall of Fame, Basketball Hall of Fame. So I don't know, but just back to the statue. I wonder could it could it be a different form of art? Uh maybe a painting, an uh an art installation. <laughs> Three channels. Anyway, maybe, maybe. getting into art here, but uh, performance art. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um <laughs> so let me ask you, okay, who are your uh top five <laughs> warriors small fours? Because it's a it's a pretty solid position, especially in recent years for for this team. Yeah, I mean, uh, when you said you wanted to talk about this one, I mean, part of it is like it's a little bit more muddy now because we're in a positionless era. Yes, right. And so um, I, but having come up in a time where the the positions were very very like delineated and like you are this right. Um, then then I would I mean it's again it's one of those things where the counting stats don't necessarily make him the top one but you can't argue with the achievements you know so um I mean Chris Mullins up there in the top five uh Rick Barry I never saw play so um 
I think he was a small forward. Yeah, yeah. He uh, <laughs> I mean, he'd, he'd be a four now, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, they all would be. Maybe not Chris Mullen, but um, and then and then like because of the like positionless thing. I mean, KD always wanted to be a small forward, but mm-hmm. he didn't always play that for the Warriors. It was just right, like the right, first yeah. five minutes of the first quarter. <laughs> like that's that's, that's when he was a small forward. That's right? true. They moved to like center, power yeah. forward, stuff like that. Um, so I'm not hearing any rankings though. Oh, <laughs> I made a list. So, <laughs> um, uh, and, and it's, it's, it's funny because it's like, uh, what are the criteria? This is just off the top of my head. So criteria is whatever you want. You don't have to have seen them play. Um, and it's, it's one of those things too. Like Rick Barry is associated with the Warriors. Kevin Durant played three years with yeah. the Warriors. Chris Mullen, he was like dream teamer, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean longevity and like kind of terms that they had with the Warriors, and so like that knocks KD down for me because mm-hmm. and so I mean if you if you're making me rank, I would put Rick Barry first. Mm-hmm. I would put uh, Iguodala second in terms of the the winning. I would I would maybe put Mullen above KD. I'm not saying that they're better he's better than kd right but i just in terms of like warriors dumb mm-hmm. warriors history then like in terms of what they meant to the franchise i know that lake was like, like kd is gonna get a statue and like i was like really <laughs> three years i don't know um and then uh who's your fifth oh it's a it's a toss-up between um um, Steven Jackson and Mikhail Petras. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> That's Billy Owens. I don't know. Uh, What's your ranking? Um, you know, my my criteria is, you know, when I thought of this a few years back, uh, I had KD really high because he was either still with the team or fresh leaving the team, mm-hmm. giving up his Achilles, all this stuff. But, you know, now that there's been some years away and looking at it as their value and like, their association with the Warriors and just how much I I can't believe like I would actually put Rick Barry one I would put and this is because it was my formative years I would put Chris Mullen two mm-hmm. uh, I would put Andre uh, actually I would put KD third mm-hmm. I put Andre fourth mm. and I mean obviously. Jonathan Kaminga. <laughs> Fifth. That story is yet to be written. Or but, you could uh, go with uh, Andrew Wiggins or Harrison Barnes. Oh, Harrison Barnes. Andrew Wiggins, yeah, yeah. They all they all yeah. each have a title. All NBA with the champions, Warriors. Right, so, right. You know what yeah, I mean? Okay. Um, right. I can't think of anyone. You you, you mentioned Billy Owens because that was going to be my uh, blast from the past. Purvis Short. There you go. <laughs> Purvis, Purvis Short. He's, he's up in my top ten. I think he would be in the top ten. Anyway. So the season is starting soon. Um, yeah. I mean, we're not going to go through every team or anything, but uh, um, I'm, I'm curious. There's been a lot of roster changes uh, for the Warriors. I, I think the roster looks pretty good. Um, it is definitely more crafted towards uh, Steve Kerr's liking. You know, you really get a sense that, um, you know, the, the, the people that they have right now in place are who he wants to play, the way he wants to play. Um, I, it seems like the concession to playing Kaminga 
is to have some old dudes like around him. Mm-hmm. Um, and if that means that they are gonna give Kaminga a real shot, then uh, then I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. And you know they they've looked pretty decent in the um, in in the exhibition games, but uh, but in terms of the roster turnover, um, who who is a who's a warrior uh, a now a former warrior that was on the team last year that you are going to be watching this year? Just uh, just one, just one. I mean, we mentioned Jordan Poole. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple others. Yeah. Uh, if you've listened to this show, <laughs> like, I'm going to be watching James Wiseman. Uh, I know he had a decent, uh, one decent preseason game for the Pistons. Uh, I'm just curious to see what happens. He's in another tough situation over yeah. there. Um, it would have been better if he ended up on like the Hornets, you know what I mean? Or some team that didn't have a bajillion bigs right. and centers and, and right. whatnot who are all younger or better than him. So I'll, I'll be watching that because I'm just curious because – no matter how bad or good he is, he would have been better, obviously, if he didn't get hurt, if he didn't end up in the COVID year, if he got to play yeah. more and all that stuff, because he just didn't play. So, um, But I'm curious to see if he'll ever find a situation that uh, actually uh, works for him, because it, it, it's a bummer, because he seems <laughs> he seems like a, a, a good dude. He makes more money than I'll ever see, so I don't feel bad from that respect, but uh, I would have liked to have seen uh, him... Uh, succeed with the Warriors and at this point if he does well somewhere else I'll be like ah you know yeah but, uh, but uh, I do want to see it yeah I know it's like if he does well then it'll be like uh but also like but I'm happy I mean <laughs> but you also see like Trace Jackson Davis and yeah you know he knows what they want him to do and he does it right yeah. and it's just like you know Wiseman just didn't have the opportunity didn't uh, have the like you know capacity to accept that didn't know how to like process that like yeah. all of these things you yeah. know and you just imagine like wow it, i mean and trace jackson he, he looks small right like, yeah yeah he, he, looks, he, he looks like, like clay thompson he's height. got really long arms and he can get up and he, he battles but man he's small yeah uh but you, you could could you imagine like you know somebody with james weissman's uh physical gifts with yeah. the ability to do what trace jackson davis is doing but yeah. hey i mean hey if we could make, if we could make an imaginary player then you know uh why why would we play the games but yeah it would be uh, like draymond green with james wiseman's like you know body yeah yeah so i mean i i i that that's one that i'm uh i will always like kind of track him i mean i i am curious like jordan Poole, like is, will he lead the league in shot attempts? I don't know that he'll lead, <laughs> lead the league in um, in scoring. <laughs> uh, definitely not efficiency, but uh, you know, I'm uh, again, it's it, it's it's similar in that like happy for him to have that opportunity, and and like that's the kind of opportunity uh, that you just realize so much of the league is about opportunity yeah. and and fit, yeah, you know, yeah. and, and luck too, right? Yeah, absolutely. And on the Jordan Poole thing, and, and I've said this before on, on recent episodes, it's like, I'm pulling for Jordan Poole. I was, I did not, I got so sick of his game last year. I, yeah. I got sick of the pool party, like all that stuff. <laughs> Cause I felt like, do these people who like love the pool party, like not watch the defense on the other end. Right. Anyway, but but I've always sided with him in this whole like Draymond punch thing because uh, I just don't like bullies in general, and I feel like Pool if he does well like with, with Wiseman it's gonna sting, but with Pool I'll be like oh yeah you know good for him yeah for yeah. Uh, for kind of s- sticking it to people and showing them you know what I mean, and it's funny I just gotta say like 
lately I've been like listening to stuff and reading uh, stuff about the Warriors and they're saying like, it's almost getting crafted that it was Jordan Poole that was the problem. Yeah. That, uh, oh, you know, despite Jordan Poole, like now they, uh, the, you know, will their chemistry be okay? But like, it was, it was, it was Draymond, you know, and, and, and not to just keep, you know, bringing this back, but it's like this, this narrative preseason, you know, I know that a lot of these beat writers and a lot of these journalists, they want to stay in the good graces of the Warriors and the right. PR department. So they're going to say like all the right things and all the nice things. And, I think it gets twisted because I'll listen to podcasts just like NBA podcasts in general and they'll say, oh yeah, you know, Jordan Poole. But like, it wasn't him. Sure, he could probably be abrasive and whatnot, but that's always, always uh, gonna kind of kind of bug me. Um, and I, I think it's, it's kind of screwed up. But the interesting thing about, when you're talking about Trace uh, Jackson Davis is like, I, there's a few ways you could bring rookies into the league, right? It's like you either bring them in and they are a super raw and you give them a ton of time on a bad team Mm -hmm. uh, or they are uh, like they've played four years at Indiana uh, and uh, they can come in and do what, you know, low ceiling, but can do what, what you need them to do, which is like Trace Jackson Davis, hopefully knock on wood. Or you have the the young guys who need time who can't get it on this team, and I think like you know for all the bashing of the uh, the two timeline stuff, it, like they have almost as many rook or young guys right yeah, as yeah. as they did before, and I think it's just the nature of who they had before, uh, and I, I've talked about this, but like hey, if they just didn't use those picks last year and they stuck with uh, you know, Wiseman, um, Kaminga, and Moody, then, like, that's that's a great starting point, right? Yeah. Like, there's no... Yeah. Di- I said this. There's no dynasty that I've known of that, like, legitimate dynasty that had three lottery picks in two years. Yeah. Right? I always say, like, Len Bias is the best thing I can think of, a team that was in the middle of a championship run that got a high pick. And I don't think there's anyone else, let alone, you know, a seventh pick and then uh, a 14th pick. But... Yeah, uh, I, I look forward to to some of these young guys. I look forward to Kaminga taking that next step. Uh, watching uh, Pajemski, is that how you say his mm-hmm, name? Mm-hmm. Uh, I wasn't high on him over the summer, but like one thing that he has that uh, that someone like I don't know, Nico Mannion uh, and even James Wiseman didn't have is he has like a certain cockiness to yeah, him, yeah. which someone like him needs, right? And someone like him who is smaller, uh, not crazy athletic. Uh, for the NBA and is going to have to fight tooth and nail for, for everything. So that bodes well for him. Whereas like we always talked about how Wiseman didn't have d- enough yeah, dog in it. Didn't have a dog. <laughs> right? yeah, no, 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 no. Anyway. <laughs> I mean, uh, they, when Kerr talks about, you know, uh, plays that they'll make down the stretch, mm-hmm. it's like about hitting singles. You know, I think that's also like the, an apt analogy for the draft strategy is like, yeah, maybe Pajemski and uh, uh, TJD are more hitting hitting singles or doubles, but um, those are still good hits, you know. Like, yeah. I mean, and it also makes sense to swing for home runs on those high high potential guys too, right? Like, yeah. I mean, if you're able to get a generational person uh, player, like it's gonna be in the top of the draft, so you it makes sense to go for it then, and knowing that 
there is also a high chance of striking out. So I don't fault either draft strategy, um, but it works way better right now. Like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. just in terms of how those rookies look this year, um, they look so much more ready. And I don't know that they'll actually play that much, but, um, but, but you know, as as people who like, you know, like all fans like young players developing in the system, yeah. having somebody to root for, you know, it's helping us keep that uh, that young player hope alive. And uh, amongst all these old old players, old yeah, players. yeah, and you know, you have. Kaminga, Kaminga is the guy that has, that could be the one. Yeah, right? oh yeah. And, oh yeah. You know, it never felt like Moody was like that. It felt no. like hopefully early on, maybe Wiseman could be it um, as a number two pick. And you just, you know, you get a couple other guys who are solid. I mean, <laughs> Patrick uh, Baldwin Jr. Uh, barely played a senior in high school, barely played mm-hmm. for his, uh, his dad's team at a, at, a, at a bad school or a bad, co- a bad college team. And he needed time you know same with rollins right so you had all these guys who barely yeah. played whereas you know pajemski i don't know what year he was was he junior or something or uh, something? he played two years okay so good for him and then trace jackson davis 20 and 10 at indiana mm-hmm. his last year out of four years so i expect jackson davis to contribute pajemski probably ends up behind Corey joseph ends up in the g league and whatnot but you know it, there's more of a method to to the madness and uh, uh you know already the warriors are are, they're they're just they're better they're better yeah. than uh, last season because everybody says like oh the the um, the road record last year but what about the road record listen the road record is like you got to toss that because that is an aberration started by a ridiculous event in preseason right yeah. where the chemistry was gone Andrew Wiggins was gone uh, and that's like that was Poole's best friend on the team mm-hmm. and then he was gone for three months Clay he was a ghost of himself at the beginning of the season and then Gary Payton the second wasn't here. Yeah. And he was, you know, his, uh, his best quality when he came back was like making Steph laugh when they were both injured on the bench, <laughs> you know? So they're naturally going to be better. The only thing is, is that the other teams got better too at the yeah, top. Yeah, right? Yeah. So, so do you, I mean, you know, you look at if they're, if they play 500 on the road, I mean, I think they're at 50 wins, right? just like that right yeah, which yeah. which you know the west is really crowded a lot of people are pointing to that and totally agree that you know all the other teams got good too so that will kind of flatten it out so mm-hmm. i mean i'm i'm hopeful they get a top four seed i hope that they push for that uh i think that they maybe recognize the importance of that and and they're deep enough to to pull it off like by having some older players rest sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm optimistic, uh, you know, the season starts really soon. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic and, and having watched some of these preseason games, if they've been ramping up, it's like, I think it's going to be fun. And, and they, they've kind of refocused and recalibrated in a, in a smart way. I don't know that it's going to work. I mean, my, I was going to ask you like, what's your, what's your biggest hope and mm-hmm. and what's your biggest concern my biggest concern is well i have a two part uh, <laughs> is uh i would say that i think they're small mm-hmm. they're really small and and their defense hasn't proven to be very good yet right uh and maybe that will come along uh maybe that's due to draymond not being not playing in the preseason so yeah. i'm uh i'm a little bit hopeful of that but man they're small yeah they are they are. They're really small, especially when you throw like six foot Chris Paul out there uh, to add insult to injury in terms of that. But I mean, that is 
my concern. I think that's all Warriors fans' concern yeah. is like their size. I mean, it's we all think the same things, right? The, the their size, um, their age, and their health. Yeah, age and health are pretty tied <laughs> together, right? Yeah. And then the fourth thing is like, will Kaminga be? Will he take that next? Well, that's step? the biggest hope, right? Like yeah. that's my biggest hope. But you know, since we're talking about you know Kaminga, like. You and I, after the uh, 2021 draft, you had come up with the topic who's going to be the Warriors' uh, uh, best player and most important player in two years and four years. Uh, fast forward, right? Well, uh, I think I mentioned Wiseman back then, too. I mean, back then, in terms of best player, we said Kaminga in four years. Mm-hmm. and this Which is... would be 2025, right? If we're counting forward from 2021. Yeah, so, okay. so we're talking about the beginning of 2025. So, <laughs> so he still has two seasons. <laughs> okay, I'm like, what year is it right now? Okay, yeah. So we got two years. Yeah, yeah. I can still envision that. Yeah, I see a path. I was listening to the uh, the athletic podcast, uh, the Warriors podcast, and they were talking about. I think Slater was talking about how, uh, you know, he could be. You know, where 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 does he ask the guys like where do you think Kaminga will rank as he'll be their which best player? And I mean that that's the conversation we've been mm-hmm. having, right? Mm-hmm. Like. I, I I see a path in a couple of years. I don't think uh, Clay is going to be you know uh, as good. I don't think Draymond's going to be not in two up. years. No, Chris Paul won't be here. Uh, Steph is the only one because yeah. of his game and how he works and how he plays. So uh, I as as long as Kaminga is still on the team and they don't add somebody like Giannis or something, then um, I I totally still see it as 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 feasible. You know? And and at that point, if uh, if he's four years into his career and he's become the best player and the warriors are still like playoff contenders um then two timelines worked out actually right like yeah, know. you know everybody's talking about like they scrapped two timelines it's like no, no they, they... They, they still it's still happening yeah they... <laughs> we're living it like they they just don't have wiseman and then they swapped out uh a big for a big uh, yeah, and then and a small for a small. Yeah, yeah, a small yeah. for a small, yeah. and you know they're they're still uh, they're still there. And but. I actually think like if you if if they were just playing two on two like Pajemski and and Trace Jackson Davis versus Patrick Baldwin and Ryan oh, Rollins, yeah. like they would win, right? I think that like, they would win. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, for as, as as good as we hope those guys were gonna be last season, it's like these guys that they have now are. Just they're players, yeah. they're players now. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And um, you know, uh, we'll see. We'll yeah. see. I want to see that two on two though. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see uh, Kaminga versus Moody one on one. Oh, really? I think I know who's. That. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love Moses Moody. Love Moses Moody. All right. Well, that is another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick E. Pino or at Oakland Warriors. Check out our YouTube channel where you can watch this episode, youtube.com slash Oakland Warriors. Check us out at oaklandwarriors.com and be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to tune in and listen. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Film Society. And if you're so inclined, please do leave us a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you want to leave us a nice review saying good stuff about the show on Apple Podcasts, that would be hugely, hugely appreciated and it would be very, very helpful. Thanks. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time, and go Dubs. Go Dubs.